Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. This podcast is made possible thanks to our patrons. So please join me in welcoming and thanking new patrons. Ellis Ramos, Joe Cook, Brian Tijerina, Tristan Delgadillo, Hannah Onoris, Tukwasi, Matt Garrett, Jenny Erickson, Xavier Smith, Twinkles Loves You, Eulalai Hamans, Dakota Barber, Thomas J. Baird, Nellie Nell, I Am the One Who Knocks, Dookie Shoes Von Mew Mew, Anthony White, and that guy over there with the beard and those serial killer eyes. Oh. Our patrons mean everything to us, and we do all we can to give back for their generosity. Starting for as little as $1 a month, our reward tiers include bonuses like early commercial-free access to all episodes, shoutouts, up to four bonus episodes every week, immediate access to almost 500 Patreon-exclusive episodes, coffee cups, t-shirts, and logo hoodies. If you'd like to see how you can support this podcast and get rewarded for doing so, please check out our reward tiers at patreon.com slash creepypod. 2019 has been an amazing year for the podcast, and we hope it's been the same for you. We're working hard to make 2020 even better. From everyone here at Creepy, thank you all for listening and supporting us as we've grown. Now... This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy Presents The Last New Year Written by Michael Whitehouse With guest narration by Steve Blizzon, Nate Dufort, Atticus Jackson, and Mike Delgadio People come and go in this small town. I've been running Maddie's Bar here for 40 years, and that's one thing that's never changed. Most pass through. Maybe they'll stop for a drink. But it's never long before they realize there ain't much to our little corner of the old world. They move on to something more exciting. But the bar is home for me and the small handful of regulars from town. And some passing truckers that give me enough business to keep the lights on. And I'm grateful for that. When you live in one of these passing places, little islands people hop between when they're heading somewhere, you see all sorts. You meet all kinds, you know. Good, bad, and everything in between. I used to like that. It stopped my day from being the same. 
each hour moving along slowly into another. Just enough variety and people drinking here to keep life interesting. I didn't have family then and I don't now. Never started one. Had a fiance once about 30 years back just before I hit the big old 4-0. That didn't work out. She was good in too. Guess I was too wrapped up in other things to notice. When I brush the regulars out at night, sometimes the emptiness hits me like a left hook. I think about her. But I try my best to get my head down. Then the next morning comes and the day starts again. You just gotta keep on going, you know? Life will eat you up otherwise. Most days and night pass like that for me. One night sticks out more than others. Like a broken finger pointing to something. I don't care to think about it. But think about it is what I do. In between the opening and closing. I hear the bar sign creaking in the wind at night. And I wonder about what I saw and what I heard. Some nights I can tell myself it was as it appeared. But I've seen enough of this world to leave the bedroom door open slightly at night. With a whole lot streaming in through the gap to keep me safe. And all this time, that one night out of the thousand that Manny's bar bothers me. It's New Year's Eve. I had nothing better to do but keep the bar open for those brave or foolish enough to walk the distance through the freezing cold. Some folks came and toasted the new year before heading back out in the frost to their homes. Others just wanted to be near other people. New year is a lonely time, especially when life ain't as full as you feel it should be. At one in the morning, I was ready to shut up shop and hit the hay. By that time, there was only me two regulars and a stranger left in the bar. I let him stay due to being New Year's and all, but a man's got to get sleep sometime, especially in his 70s. The old body ain't what it used to be. Not this hip when it gets cold, that's for damn sure. The regulars consisted of Reggie Smith, a 32-year-old trucker who'd often stop in town. Out of boredom more than anything else, I think. The other was old Larry Thompson. Larry wasn't quite the town drunk, but at 78 he'd seen the bottom of a fair few bottles. Let's put it that way. Closing up the tail and counting the slim taken for the night, some in most New Year's Eves, I was happy to turn on the clothes sign and then pour a couple of whiskeys on the house for Larry and Reggie. Poured myself one too. The Frog 21. Good stuff. Well, I stood on one side of the bar and Reggie and Larry sat, red-faced and worse for wear, and the other exchanging stories. We couldn't help but give a glance towards the stranger in the corner of the room. He was staring into the glass as if the world around him meant nothing. I would have asked him to leave before closing, but it wouldn't have been right to do that on a cold New Year's night, especially when I was letting two regulars stay beyond closing. So I thought I'd let the man finish his drink before politely shepherd him out the door into the parking lot outside. When I finished my drink, I cleared my throat and said loudly, Time's up, gentlemen. Time to hit the road. Have a good new year. The stranger didn't respond. It was like I'd said nothing. I'll do my best to remember what was and what wasn't said that night from here. 
That man looks like he's lost in that drink, said old Larry. I've been there, that's for sure. He laughed, and so did we. (laughs) (laughs) Reggie downed the last of his whiskey, pulled his denim jacket over his red checkered shirt, and then fixed his cap as if going somewhere important. Well, I better be getting back to the cab. Mary doesn't like to be alone when it's this cold. You know it's creepy giving your truck a name, right? I said. Larry grinned. Closest the boy will ever get to a warm woman. I wiped the bar down. I don't remember you getting much closer, Larry. You neither, Owen. Reggie stood up, a little lopsided for a second from the booze before straightening. He didn't take being made fun of as well as some of the other regulars. Lay off, guys. It's been a hard year. Excuse me, sir? I then said loudly, addressing the man in the corner at the back of the bar. The man didn't move. His gaze was fixed, almost like he was dead. Glazed over like, looking at the dribble of drink in his glass. Maybe he can't hear you, Major said. I stepped out of the bar and walked over to the man's table. Excuse me, pal. I know it's cold out there and all, but it's time to go home. The man didn't look up, but he spoke. When he did, his words were strange. Don't make me go out there. It's closing time, I said, tired and looking forward to my bed. The man in his fifties finally looked at me, and for the first time I saw the poor guy had tears in his eyes. Please, don't make me go out there. By this time, Reggie and Larry were walking over the table, drunkenly trying to help if there were trouble brewing. Everything okay, Owen? Asked Larry. I nodded before turning back to the man. Don't you have anywhere to stay? The man sort of smirked to himself. I'm not homeless, if that's what you mean. And he sure didn't look it. Dressed in a suit that was higher class than Maddie's bar usually saw. Though it was looking a bit shook up. Like he slept in it. I never said you were homeless. Either way, you can't stay here. I'm closing up and I'm not open in the morning. Larry sighed. No New Year's Day lock-in this year? Not this year, Larry. I'm tired. Anyways, your niece in town wants to have you around for dinner. She's a terrible cook, said Larry. And there ain't a drop of drink in her house. You could do with a day off the sauce, Larry, said Reggie. Those red faces made me think he should lay off himself. The stranger then pulled out his wallet and placed a bundle of cash on the table. I've got nearly two grand in cash there. You can have it if you let me stay. I'll just sleep on the floor. Alarm bells started ringing in my head. A man who's willing to pay two grand to sleep on the floor of a rundown bar and in no end town sounds like a man in trouble. And that ain't the type of trouble I'm interested in sharing. Yeah, I wouldn't take that money if I were you said Larry, drunkenly pulling up a chair at the man's table and eyeing the cash. Well, for two grand, you could sleep on my couch. Or in my cab. My truck's just outside. Reg's attention had turned to the cash as well. Larry chuckled. (laughs) Ain't no room in your cab but for you and those porno mags you keep stuffed in the chair. 
The man smiled nervously. It's after midnight. It needs to be here in the bar or nowhere. Business was bad and two grand would have helped. But I wasn't going to let a stranger who's obviously on the run hide in my bar. I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to have to say no. I need you to leave, sir. That was the last sir he was getting. The man stuttered. I, I, I can't go out there. Don't make me. He's waiting out there. Who is? Asked Larry, staring disappointedly at his own empty glass. There's a man out there in the cold. If you send me out tonight, I'm a goner. The fellow was growing more agitated by the minute. If I were you, Larry said, turning to me. I'd kick this stranger out into the street before he gives you more trouble than it's worth. Let's not be too hasty, said Reggie. Maybe there is someone out there. I stood up and walked to the window of the bar, staring through the open blinds and out into the parking lot outside. Everything was covered in a thin frost, but it was lifeless out there. I saw no one. There's no one there. You may not be able to see him, said the stranger, but he's there all right, and he's waiting for me. Who is he? Reggie asked, more open to entertaining flights of fancy than most. Maybe we can help. The stranger now sat his empty glass in front of him and pushed it away slightly with his hand. The only thing you can do to help me is to keep me inside. I don't think he'll come in. Listen, fella, said Larry. Unless I'm getting another drink poured or cut of that two grand, I'm not interested in your story. You've been asked to leave. So leave. I can't. Please, for God's sakes. I could see how agitated the man was. Although he was probably just another delusional customer scared of returning home to an angry partner, it seemed fair to at least hear him out. I don't want to put you in danger, my friend. What's your name? Galen. Galen T. Morris. It's nice to meet you, Galen. I'm Owen. This here is Larry and Reggie. Now we all know each other. How about you tell me who you're running from? Running? There's no running. Hiding, then, said Larry abruptly. There's no hiding, either. There's only staying. I walked back over to Galen's table and pulled up a chair. Could the authorities help? Galen laughed. <laughs> I don't think even a priest could save me from this. Owen didn't see anyone outside. I'm sure you're safe. Reggie was always one for offering support. That's why I liked him. Looking up from his drink, Galen spoke. His voice was grim, like he'd been given a death sentence. Look again, Reggie. Reggie now walked to the window, slipped his finger between two blinds, and peered out in the parking lot. No one there. Wait. Larry stood up. See something? Yeah, answered Reggie. There is someone out there. I never saw him at first. I think he was standing in a shadow. One minute the lot was empty. The next, there he is. What does the fellow look like? There was always gossip. I was curious, but never brave. I can't see him right. He's got his back to a streetlight. Looks like he's wearing a long coat and he's 
just... Reggie trailed off. Just what? I asked. Now, don't think me crazy, but it's like he's staring at the bar. At me. Reggie turned to face us. Gowns man's out there for sure. And I don't like the look of him one bit. Is he moving? Asked Galen. Reggie looked again. No. Just standing and staring, I think. But I can't see his face. Who is this fella, Galen? If he's gonna cause trouble for old Owen. Larry, I'm nearly ten years younger than you. In years? Sure. Walking over to the window, I stood beside Reggie and looked out through the blinds again. Sure enough, there was a man standing there looking at us from the middle of the parking lot. Galen, you want to check and see if this is the guy you're hiding from? I asked. Leaning back in his chair, Galen rubbed his face with his hand, nervous. I don't need to look. It's him, all right? He doesn't always look the same, but it's him. Doesn't always look the same. Fella in disguise, huh? Larry sat down beside Galen and seemed interested. I knew why. That night was a break from the usual. Disguise? (laughs) Galen laughed. Sure, he's in disguise. Always. Wait, said Reggie. The guy outside. He's moving. Where? Galen's voice sort of trembled. He's walking slowly towards the bar. Reggie was now whispering, like he was afraid the man would hear us, even though that weren't likely. I looked myself. There he was. The man outside was walking across the parking lot in our direction. I still can't see his damn face. Galen stuttered. I, I don't think he can come in. He sure as hell can't. I walked over to the bar and stuck my hand between two of the old ice boxes that usually went on the blink. I only had to use her a few times, but I had a small wooden bat stuffed down there if there were trouble. You gonna bludgeon the poor fella? Larry said. If he tries to come in here, away from the window, Reggie. Reggie backed off and I stood there bat in hand. Galen stood up and walked further away from the window to the back of the bar. Is he still? Yeah, still walking, I said. Turn away from the window, I stepped to the side and locked the door. When I went back to the blinds, I got the fright of my life. The man outside was at the window. Staring right at me. We're closed! I shouted through the glass. He said nothing. He just put his hands around his eyes and leaned into the window to see inside. Turn off the lights, Galen whispered. I'm turning off nothing. Two loud knocks came with glass. We're closed, fella. Better get yourself home. I shouted. We waited quietly. Then we heard footsteps as the man outside walked round to the door. This time, three loud knocks. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I was getting tetchy by this point. I reached up, pull lock open, give this fellow a piece of my mind. But Reggie stepped forward and put his hand on my shoulder. Maybe don't let him in. I ain't letting him in. For once, Larry agreed with Reggie. He's right, Owen. Leave the door shut. I don't like the look of this here fella. Normally, I wouldn't have listened to the regulars and dealt with this myself. But I gotta tell you, looking at that man through the glass of the door, there was something not right about him. I think it was his eyes. Like he never blinked or something. I turned the porch light on and we could now see the man's face. There were an ounce of color to it. Cold it was. Pale. He looked at me through the glass, then raised his head and peered over my shoulder. He was staring at Galen in the back. Oh God, Christ help me. Galen said in a low voice. I lifted the bat in my hand up to make sure the fellow outside could see it. We're closed, and we ain't opening. Get going or I'll call the police. Man turned and walked away. Bat crossed the parking lot and then he disappeared into the dark. He was definitely looking at you, Galen. Reggie's words went unanswered, but Galen kept his eyes stuck on the front door. Is there a back way out of here? He said. You thinking of making a run for it out the back door? Asked Larry. I'm thinking of locking it. Came the reply. Stay here. I'll check the back is locked. Larry, don't touch any booze while I'm gone. I walked through the back hall and found that I'd forgotten to lock the back door we used for deliveries. When I told the guys about this, they asked me if this was strange. I told them it wasn't, but between you and me, yeah, it was strange. In all my years, I must have forgotten to lock that door twice. Back in the bar, I decided to get to the bottom of things. If I'm going to be sitting here with you, Galen, through the night, I need to know what's going on. Reggie, Larry, you two can leave if you want. I think I'd rather stay in here than in the cab of my truck, if you don't mind. I don't fancy the walk home, neither. Larry was just spooked, though he never needed an excuse to stay in a bar. I turned to Galen, who was still standing at the back of the bar as far away from the front door as possible. You gonna tell us what's happening here or what? Otherwise, I'm calling the cops. You'll think I'm mad, Galen said. Can't be worse than Reggie, said Larry. He pretends he gets deliveries sometimes just to stop here. Reggie said nothing. Now it just felt bad for him. I decided to be more reassuring and pour us all another drink while we all sat at the table. Maybe this'll help. Let us know what's going on before I bash some innocent fellow out there just for wanting a later drink on New Year's Eve. It's not innocent, said Galen, sipping his whiskey. It? Reggie's asking the same question on my mind. I suppose it is the best way I can describe it, Galen continued. You see, it, it, it changes its appearance. I've seen it as a man, a woman. Once I even thought I encountered it as a dog. A dog? 
Larry scoffed. That fella out there may have been creepy, but he weren't no dog. Well, not right now, but he's the same thing. It's the eyes, you see. I can tell by the eyes. And there's an, an air about it. He's always in there, however he appears. I leaned back in my chair and thought for a moment. Galen, I'm sure you know how crazy this sounds. Galen nodded. And I wouldn't believe it myself if I had heard it from anyone else. But the last three decades are proof that I'm right. Proof? How? Reggie asked, looking at his whiskey like he couldn't stomach it. What age do you think I am? Galen looked round table at each of us. Old enough to know better about men changing into dogs, that's for sure. <laughs> Larry laughed. No one laughed with him. Go on, Larry. Galen continued. Tell me, how old am I? I don't know, 50s? I'm 80 years old. Larry grinned. That's as believable as your man out there being lassie. <laughs> this time, Reggie and I did let out a laugh. Look. Galen took out a wallet. It looked expensive. Then he opened it up and took out some ID. There it was in black and white. He was 80 years old. Could be fake. Larry didn't sound so sure of himself now. Doesn't look fake to me, said Reggie, holding ID up to the light. Give me here, I've seen enough fake IDs last me a lifetime. Reggie handed it to me. I couldn't see anything wrong with it. Gentlemen, said Galen, putting ID back in his wallet. I'm 80 years old, and my time is up. That thing out there has come for me. It was part of the agreement. Agreement? I rested the bed on my lap, then shivered. You feel that too? Reggie shifted uncomfortably in his seat. Yeah. I felt it. Must be a draft in here somewhere, answered Larry. I stood up and checked the windows at the front door, but the cold air wasn't coming from there. It was coming from the back hall out of view. The back door, Reggie said nervously. I locked it. You sure? Said Larry. I, I don't think he can come in here. Galen repeated that point a few times. The door's locked. It's just... We all felt nice a draft, followed by the sound of a door creaking open. Galen panicked at that point and jumped behind the bar. Don't let him take me. You can't. I gripped my old bat. No one's taking anyone. I call you sonny, but it appears you're even older than Larry. I walked toward the doorway that led to the back hall. Reggie, Larry... I'll stay here with the old-timer, said Larry. He sounded frightened. Come on, then, Reggie. Do we have to? Can't we just block this doorway or something? Reggie, you're the most able-bodied of us. Grab a chair or something you can fight with. Let's go shut that door. Reggie picked up a chair and lifted it up and down in his hands like he was checking the weight. Then he put that down and picked up a bar stool that was easier to swing. Okay. I went through the doorway first. Back hall was always dim, but this was something else. Darker than just a few minutes before. Been meaning to fix that light. 
I was trying to put Reggie at ease, but that hall was dimmer than usual. The lights were on, but it was like they weren't cutting through the air or something. Can't explain it. Maybe it was just a set of old bulbs that needed replacing. It'd be like me. We both looked down the hall and saw the door to the outside was open. It creaked and then shut lightly. On any other night, I would have said it was just the wind. Reggie lowered his voice. Let's get this over with. We walked down that hallway to the door. On the way, it creaked open slightly again and rubbed up against the wood frame when it closed, scratching itself against the wood. I reached out and touched the handle. It was frozen. Look. Reggie's hand shook, pointing at the bottom of the door. Scratches. Pushing the door open a bit, I saw some paw prints in the frost. A dog or something. Do you think... Rage was stammering now. You think it's that man Galen was talking about? No. Men don't turn into other men. And they don't turn into dogs either. We've let this Galen fellow spook us long enough. It was Larry who shot it first. When someone's scared like that, even when the years are against them, they find a sort of strength like they had when they were younger. I hadn't heard Larry like that before. I slammed the door shut, locked it again, then rushed past Reggie. My aching up yelping from the cold. We headed down the hall. Just as we reached the doorway to the bar, Larry shouted my name. Owen! My eyes heard it first. Bright lights were streaming into the bar through the glass of the door. The blinds Larry had probably opened. It took me a minute to realize lights from a car parked right up front facing the building. Gillen slunk down behind the bar. It's him. Reggie clung to the bar stool in his hands and I held onto my bat. Larry was not holding a bottle of booze he'd helped himself to while I was out back. I walked over to the door and saw three men get out of the car. When they reached the door to my place, it was hard to see their faces with the light behind them and all. I flicked the porch light, which now wasn't working for some reason. Owen? One of the men said from outside. Thank Christ, it's Jesse. I turned to Galen. Don't worry, Jesse's a police officer. I know him. He stops here from time to time. No! Galen leapt out from behind the bar, rushed to the door, and grabbed my hand. Don't let them in, Owen. It's not Jesse or whoever. It... It's... out there. This one. Larry said, slipping from the bottle of JD. There's three of them now. I'm billing you for that bourbon, Larry. Jesse was staring at me through the glass. Owen? That you at the door? Let us in. We're freezing our balls off out here. Galen wouldn't let go of my hand. Please, Owen, don't let them in. Galen, has this thing ever appeared as three people? I could see the doubt in his eyes. No, it hasn't. Well then. Could this just be Jesse Parkins and two other officers dropping by because they saw the lights on late? I can't explain it, but I'm sure it's one of them. Gently, I removed Galen's hand from my wrist. Galen pleaded again. Don't. Please. It can't get in here if you don't invite it. Reggie cleared his throat. I think they can do anything they want if they have cause. That's what the badge gives them. 
Owen, come on! Jesse said again from outside. Who's there with you, Jesse? Larry groaned. Pete and Dr. Ellison. I knew Pete about as well as I knew Jesse. They were partners. Dr. Ellison was new to me. I believe you have one of my patients in there with you, Owen. The doctor said. I couldn't quite place the accent. We all looked at Galen at the same time. It's him. He's come as this Dr. Ellison. He'll try and persuade you that I'm mad and need to go with him. Can you vouch for this Ellison fellow, Jesse? I said loudly through the glass. Sure. Everything checks out. I think this patient, Galen T. Morris, is dangerous. Galen stared at us. If you ever see madness, it was then. I won't go with him. I won't. He grabbed my bat and tried to wrench the thing from my hands. Jesse! Jesse <laughs> smashed the door in. Glass shattered over us. I fell to the floor and smacked my hip off the ground. But I wasn't letting go of that bat for love nor money. Galen could have done damage with it. Pete and Jesse wrestled Galen to the floor. Ah! No! 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 I've never seen a man scream like that before. No! No! Like a stuck pig, no one's about to be slaughtered. Go easy on the poor guy, said Reggie. Lock him up! Larry took another swig of his bottle. The officers dragged Galen to the back of their car after cuffing him and threw him inside. I could still hear his crying and sobbing from where I was inside the bar. Sorry about this, Owen. That man's crazy. The good doctor here will get him the help he needs, said Jesse. That was the first and last time I laid eyes on that doctor. He had a funny look. Something off about him. I like to tell myself that he was just tired. But he looked like the life had drained out of him. Will he be okay? I'll take care of him, said the doctor. None of us stepped out into the cold. Galen continued screaming from the car. Worse still, he screamed for me, Larry, and Reggie to help him. Jesse and Pete stood on either side of the car. We best be on our way, Doctor, before this fella hurts himself. Galen said you were... something else. I said, looking straight at the doctor's pale face. Something else? He laughed. <laughs> oh, poor Galen has many delusions. He thinks he signed a deal with... Well, never mind doctor smiled at me before leaving and I tell you there was something wrong about that smile the eyes too like there was nothing behind them and he never once stepped foot in my bar I hope he never will For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or 
email us at creepypod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. The Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of Creepy, for disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. SCP Archives, with full cast storytelling. Horror Queers, genre commentary from the LGBTQ perspective. The Boo Crew, for horror centric interviews. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Item number. SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing. Do you remember your name? Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.